You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Force Perspectives. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and joining me, as always, the illustrious Joe Hogan. Are we actually allowed to talk about something this time? We are. Here's the deal, guys. There are eight episodes of us talking about Ahsoka. They are recorded. They are not edited because I am... uh, useless but i uh, but they are recorded and and i should get around to editing them so that as soon as the strike ends i can just release them but um i i they exist they exist and we recorded them as the episodes aired um so but because of the ongoing uh actor strike uh and previously when it started the the writer's strike um we made the decision to just kind of hold back on them. We don't want to do any promoting of anything that is struck. So, uh, so we're just, we're just holding on to those episodes. Um, but they do exist. They are fresh, like it's sort of not necessarily in the moment. Cause a couple of them are like a day or two afterwards or whatever, but like mm. in between episodes, right? Like, like, like we don't know what has happened on the next one before we record. Right. Um, so yeah, like that's, that is all just sitting and waiting, but it's been a while since we put anything out on the feed. So I, so I figured, I figured actually like, let's, I'll be honest. I just like talking to Joe about, Ah, so, um, what a sweetheart. Yeah. So I, until the strike is over, we're just going to come up with some other star Wars things to talk about that are not the movies or the television shows. Um, so for this episode, we figured we would talk about comic books. So we've each kind of brought our 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 three top three, I don't know, favorite three, however you want to look at it, three series each um, uh, that we're that we're gonna talk about. So that could be like an ongoing series. It could be just like you know uh, something self-contained, like a, like a sort of a, like a one shot series or whatever, um, of four issues or six issues or something like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. We're just going to talk about some star Wars comic books. Some of these I've probably talked about in the past. I'm sure I have, whether it's on this podcast or, or other ones, but, uh, as a matter of fact, I think all but one of the series that I'm going to talk about, I've actually talked about on my old pop, uh, podcast the pull box podcast with curtis um but i i but yeah let's 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 jump into it let why don't you start with your first one joe who okay so i i definitely can't do these in order i was (laughs) mike and i were talking just before we started it was so hard for me to narrow this down and uh, look i have nothing against the marvel star wars series like a lot of them have been really awesome i really enjoyed a lot of them 
Uh, but every single one of my top three and really my top four have been Dark Horse. Dark Horse was very influential for me growing up uh, as an artist, as as like when I first started getting into Star Wars, like it, it was it was there from the beginning. And it was it was like so many amazing series came from Dark Horse. So uh, my first one is actually going to be a little bit uh, nostalgic for me because it is. Uh, Shadows of the Empire. And while I think that the novel is is a stronger um, kind of like telling of that story, the thing is, Shadows of the Empire, issue six, there was only six issues. So it was a, a limited run little miniseries telling the story of Shadows of the Empire, of course. That was, if you're listening to this, I assume you know, but for maybe the one person that doesn't, Shadows of the Empire was basically everything that you would get when a Star Wars movie was coming out except for the Star Wars movie, right? Yeah. Like there was uh, a video game, there was comic books, there were action figures, there was a score that was put together that sounds like John Williams. It's not John Williams, but it sounds very John Williams. Um, trading card series, uh, everything. Everything that would come with the Star Wars film, you, you were getting it in this big Shadows of the Empire thing. And Shadows of the Empire is the story that in the old EU Legends canon uh, took place between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And... I had no idea what it was. Uh, my very first exposure to it was I happened to be in my local comic shop that I still go to to this day. And on the shelf, I had just gotten into Star Wars for maybe like a month or two prior. And they had a little Star Wars section. I was like, oh, cool. Star Wars comics. I like comics. Let me go see what they have. And they had issue six, the last one of Shadows of the Empire on the shelf. And I picked it up and I'm flipping through. I'm like, who's this guy? Oh, Boba Fett's bringing Han Solo to Jabba's palace right now. Oh man, who are these? Who is this evil exorcist? Yeah, how do you say this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy? Like, and and it just it, it for me that was my very first exposure to something that wasn't the movies. Like it was that was my first expanded universe moment of oh, there's more to this story than than the the trilogy. That's cool. So. I, obviously I, I i got it and then i was able to get issue five then i was able to get issue one and two uh and then eventually i just ended up getting the uh the trade paperback and that's how i was able to read the middle of it i ended up reading the novel and then i got the nintendo 64 game and all that stuff um but like i said my first exposure to it was was that last issue of the comic book and mm -hmm. shadows of the empire to this day is still my favorite piece of expanded universe i'm assuming it's because it's my first one because a lot of people like their first exposure a lot of the time like oh that's going to be your favorite because that's your yeah. that's your benchmark right um but like it's really well drawn too even though i i would argue like i said before steve perry's novel is a much stronger telling of the story of Shadows the empire the artwork in it is really amazing it's actually penciled by two artists john uh nadeau i think is how you pronounce his name but the other one is killian plunkett and if killian plunkett sounds familiar it's because that dude has worked on everything star wars animated from clone wars to uh 2008 clone wars to uh really up until um recently i'm i don't know if he's worked on bad batch but i know he's worked on uh resistance he was an art director on rebels he contributed to uh the the jedi temple uh ahmed best show um that dude is is like everywhere. That guy actually ended up working at Lucasfilm and is an amazing artist. And it's really cool to see 
where he kind of started doing comic book art and how his art has progressed over the years. You know, if you look at his concept art and all, all like his illustrations that he's done, the like, I love this guy's work. It's so good. And he is actually the reason in uh, art school that I started to take perspective drawing really seriously because all of his perspective drawing in Shadows of the Empire is so awesome and complicated and and just like, oh man, like every time I look at a page from him, it it's just like, there's so much going on. I think the one downside to him is sometimes he draws faces a little doofy, like, you know, a little doofy, doofy eyes every once in a while. Um, but like, you know, he was a young artist starting out and, and I've drawn plenty of doofy things that are out there. So I'm certainly not uh, giving the guy any shade. But objectively, you know, even though I'm very uh, biased to this one because of my nostalgia, I, I just I love Shadows of the Empire. I love the way this is beautifully illustrated. And it's also cool because the comic book is also the only way you get the story of what Boba Fett was doing during mm -hmm. that, because each each medium kind of focuses on a different thing. Right. Like the novel focuses more on Shizor and Luke Skywalker's journey. The comic book touches on just about everything, but there's an extra story of Boba Fett. The video game focuses on Dash Rendar. Right. So each piece of media that tells the story you get a little bit more. So you get a little bit extra. So it was cool that like the comic had that like Boba Fett story too. Um, well, I, I, Mike, do, did you, have you ever read this one? Have you ever like taken yeah. the time to read the Shadows comic? Yeah. Yeah. I had, the, I had the comic book. I, I, I got it in issues uh, one through six. And um, I also have, I, they, they did like an, like aluminum or tin uh, uh, trading cards. Yes. Of the covers uh, um i so i have that um the, the the i believe that they're greg and tim hildebrand covers mm -hmm. right yep, yep um and they're they're phenomenal i mean like that the the shadows of the empire trading card set is for my money like the best trading card set it's they ever so did because it's dude. so full like like most of the most of the art is greg and tim hildebrand and yeah like who are just phenomenal star wars artists um mm -hmm from back in the day and uh uh yeah obviously played the video game i have never finished the novel i've never i've never even really okay i just can't i, I just never <laughs> have, i it, you know what there it's to be honest there are very few star wars novels that i do bother to finish um mm. but uh, really? i but yeah but i but i love i love shadows of the empire yeah like, like that era i think like so you and i it's funny. I, I don't think we've ever talked about this because I think you and I came into Star Wars as like fans around the same time. Because for me, it was the THX release, which is about yeah. a year yeah. before. Me too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's how I was exposed to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like like that that time period is like before that I really didn't care about Star Wars that much. Yeah. I knew what it same. was. A lightsaber was a cool idea, but um but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really into it. I think I was just too young for it. Right. But that THX release came out when I was 10 shadows of the empire came out when I was, I think 11, uh, like the next summer basically. And, uh, or spring. Um, and, uh, I, by the time that the video game hit, which is like about a year after that, I, I, yeah, it was like, Oh my God, like this is the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> yep like the N64 I like it was like oh man this is this is 
the Battle of Hoth. It's like a real Star Wars video game. <laughs> the future is um, now. Yeah, yeah, and then and then fifteen Battle of Hoths later. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> To be honest, they've never done it better than Rogue Squadron. But uh, sorry, Rogue Squadron Two, Rogue Leader. Yeah, Rogue uh, Leader is the best one. Absolutely, that's a different. That's a different podcast. I will save that one. But uh, yeah, yeah, I love Shadows of the Empire, man. And and exactly what you're talking about that idea that like each piece of of media sort of gives you you had to you had to go through all of them in order to get the full picture, right? Um, And that was, I mean. I, I, the video game and the comic book are where we get a little bit of Luke building his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just so many cool things. I mean, like it's so funny because you look back at that outfit that Luke has on in (laughs) shadows, he's got that weird quilted vest and it's like, it's it's it's, yeah, it's kind of dorky, but at the time it was the coolest thing ever. I love it, man. I still want Um, a shadows Luke vest figure. I don't care. Yeah. It's uh, it's, 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 I wish that hot toys would sort of embrace some of that stuff and like do some like out there. I, I like, like legends canon Mm. stuff, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I love it. I, I love Shadows of the Empire. Uh, nice. Cool. All right. What good, do you got? What do you got? Good, good first choice. Ooh, I'm going to, you know what, for my first one, I'm going to stick to a similar era. I'm going to, I'm okay. going to turn the dial back a few more years. Actually, I'm going to go with the very first Dark Horse Star Wars comic book series, which was Dark Empire. Mm, um, the beginning of cool. it, right? So cool. in the in the time when I, there really wasn't very much happening, there were there were a few novels coming out um but uh, like the thrawn stuff was happening and then dark empire dark empire happened uh through dark horse and i i love dark empire it is definitely like a product of its time um it it plays very fast and loose with with a lot of things um but i think is a really great expanded universe alternate take on what could have happened after return of the jedi i Hmm. i i quite like the like where what we've gotten with the sequel trilogy timeline with the with the disney uh stuff post return of the jedi um Mm -hmm. sort of sort of i i feel i feel like it's it is it is much more realistic i not in the sense of like not because we talk about this all the time realism isn't what makes star wars good but it is just like realistic's not the right way to put it i guess it's it's much more um, uh, on brand for what types of stories Star Wars has traditionally told. Mm-hmm. But I love how grandiose Dark Empire gets um, in terms of its story. I, I love the idea of there being, um, I mean, like Leia comes across a Jedi master on Nar Shada, uh, who's basically been in hiding since since the clone wars but we didn't really know what that meant at the time um but since all of the jedi were exterminated right by darth vader and uh and so she has a little bit of like a jedi sort of uh path there um and then uh, uh luke's whole story through dark empire i'm like when i talk about dark empire i'm gonna include the whole thing right dark empire one two and then sort of the mm-hmm. prologue as well because when i read it i read what, through i have what, a, I have a, a hardcover was... omnibus but what was the prologue? Because I, I remember one and two, but there was another. Sorry, it's epilogue, I think, not prologue. Um, it's no, but like, even, even so, like, was there like yeah. a separate release? 
it's I think it's only like two issues and and oh, it's okay. just sort of it's just sort of like a little bit more story. Um, cool. And okay. it was it was done it, it was done after the fact and not by the same creatives. Um but uh, Dark, okay. Dark Empire 1 and 2 um and like Luke's journey of like because you know, uh, for those who don't know Dark Empire um it is basically uh, it's a better version of the Rise of Skywalker. Palpatine <laughs> has cloned himself and come back. Um and sort of like we're first introduced to the to the Palpatine clone via like this decrepit uh, sort of zombie-ish almost version of Palpatine that doesn't last very long. But uh, I, I, we discover that that Palpatine is after um, Leia's unborn child uh, who will become Anakin, right? Who will be Anakin Solo. Um because uh, he wants to transfer his essence into the body of Anakin Solo because these clones keep dying. So I, I Luke, when he finds out that Palpatine has returned, basically like goes to Palpatine and says, yeah, OK, I'll join you as like a almost like a bluff. Right. Like he's he's in order to get close to Palpatine and figure out what mm-hmm. his plan is. He sort of he 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 pretends that he's going to the dark side. So as you're reading through the comic here, you're it's, it starts off and it's like, like Han and Leia are like, this is a terrible plan. And he's like, but this is the only plan I've got sort of thing. Um, And then as it goes on, you're, you're sort of like, but is he actually turning to the dark side? Right. Um, And obviously he doesn't, but, but, uh, but they like to play with it. Right. They, they, they play, they play with sort of that like pull to the dark side and him sort of being tempted by certain things and, and, uh, and experiencing that. So it like all of that stuff, all that story stuff, Han is, is a really interesting character throughout it. Um, sort of trying to, to, to wrestle with all of this, um, it's you know the line in the Force Awakens when it when he's like the Jedi, the Force, all it's true, all of it, like that one where he's kind of like, yeah, like I I never believed it, right? Hokey religions and ancient weapons, right? All that stuff. Dark Empire was sort of the first time in the story that you saw Han having to actually like deal with it, mm-hmm. like it, whereas like he's sort of confronted by the fact that he's just a man, but Luke and Leia are like demigods essentially right like mm-hmm. they are they are you know um descended from from darth vader and 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 all of that and so he's kind of trying to wrestle with that and figure out how he even plays into any of this when he's just a normal man right um so i really like that struggle with that character it's just, it's a very very well written story but beyond that i've talked so much about the story at this point and I'm delaying gratification on this. The reason why Dark Empire <laughs> is on this list is because of the art. Yeah. The the art in, in Dark Empire 1 and 2, as far as I'm concerned, is unparalleled. No one else has ever captured this level of of sort of like like visceral um I just like the like there's an edginess and and uh, uh, like it has a real indie comic feel to it because Dark yeah. Horse back then was was the Dark Horse. They were they were very <laughs> much like you know you had DC and you had Marvel and then and then there was Dark Horse, right? Because this is sort of this is almost even like pre-image. I'd have to I'd have to look up the exact dates, but but we're sort of in that zone of like 
comic art is finally sort of starting to walk away from Marvel and DC from the big two and doing their own thing. And for Dark Horse to get the Star Wars license was massive. I mean, Dark Horse wouldn't exist if they hadn't gotten the the Star Wars license, I don't think. It's a major mm. part of comic book history. So, um, But to come out right out the gate with one of the most visually stunning comic books I think that's ever been done just full stop i mean like the yeah the the watercolors the uh the like the the palettes like the greens and blues it just it's it just has this vibe to it where you're like that thing this is the problem <laughs> that thing that everybody wants star wars to be now that's what the 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 thrawn trilogy right the the heir to the empire stuff and and dark empire they delivered that yeah everybody that had grown it's, up with it's star funny you wars. say that i i had the same thought it's like right? edge, it's almost edgelord star wars it's, but it's totally really edgelord well star wars right everybody who had grown up with star wars and was now in their teens right or 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 older or even like in their in their early 20s or, or in their 30s they wanted star wars to not be for kids and Dark Empire and and the 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 Thrawn trilogy are not for kids; they are for adults. Um, and I and and so that sort of created the ecosystem in which the Star Wars fan would be, you know, created born from from one of those uh, mm-hmm. uh, cloning tubes, uh, from one of Palpatine's cloning tubes, all juicy. <laughs> um, and so I think that that when a lot of Star Wars fans of a certain generation have complaints about Star Wars. This is, this is what it's why they're complaining. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit of like that sort of mixed feeling about dark empire because it is edgelord star Wars, but also it is really, really good. Like it, like you can't deny how good it is. Um, even, even if it's not, like I said, like the, like the sequel trilogy timeline, I think is a much, more on brand um, cohesive piece of storytelling uh, I, versus what dark empire is. Cause dark empire is so over the top and like <laughs> jump, it jumps the shark right out the gate and it doesn't look back. No. Um, but, but all of that said, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's super good. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because I remember when I was watching Last Jedi and mm-hmm. Luke walks out of the base, I'm like, oh, he's going to take down these walkers with the force like he did in Dark Empire. Yeah. Like I was positive that's where that was going to go. Um, because, yeah, Dark Empire was that just like larger than life over the top story. And um, dude, that art style, man, it's 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 one of those things where I, I agree 100 percent. Like they just haven't done anything like that yeah. since then. And it's one of those stories that like you can you can show anyone who's who is like a Star Wars comic enthusiast um, any page from Dark Empire and they're going to know, oh, that's Dark Empire. Like it's the art style is immediately recognizable. Um, it's that's oh, it's a good choice, man. That's that's Dark Empire is really, really rad. I think Dark Empire is also really underrated. I, th- I think because of where it sits in history, it's sort of like, sure. well, so much has come after it. Mm-hmm. That um, that yeah, it 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 sort of gets overlooked a lot of the time, but uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool, cool. What's what's your next one? 
Who this one feels like cheating, but I I don't care. Uh, I feel like I have also talked about this before. I don't know if I've talked about it on a Thunderquack one, but uh, Star Wars Tales, no question. Twenty four issues. Every yeah. single issue is a different artist. Uh, not even one, a single artist. Each issue is basically uh, an anthology of little Star Wars stories. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it was published between. I want to say 99 or 2000 to about 2008 ish or so. Um, so it was like a couple of issues a year. Um, and oh man, every single issue, totally different artists, totally different stories, totally different tones. There was horror stories. There were action stories. There were parodies. I would argue that the parody stories probably do Star Wars parody better than most pop culture things that spoof Star Wars today. That mm -hmm. includes the Family Guy specials, the Robot Chicken specials, like all that stuff's really funny. I really enjoy all of that stuff. But Star Wars Tales was kind of the thing growing up for me that it really hammered the point home that Star Wars does not just have to be Dark Empire, right? It doesn't just have to be cool and edgy. It can be that thing that, Mike, you specifically are a champion for. Star Wars can be really weird and really fun and funny. Uh, it doesn't just have to be lightsabers and, and the Force and cool guys doing cool things and bounty hunters going to seedy areas. And and those things are important to Star Wars, too. Um, and, and Star Wars Tales very much represented all those things. But I, I specifically remember there's so many amazing stories other than the really, really cool ones. And my favorite one is a really, really cool one. But my other favorite one is uh, from issue one, Skippy the Jedi droid, who was really R5-D4, who is just in that story. He's he's a Force-sensitive droid. He sees the future where uh, Leia's in trouble and R2-D2 has to go with them, so he sacrifices himself so that R2-D2 is chosen by uh, the Lars family, and then that's it. So Skippy the Jedi droid is is one of my favorite ones ever. It's, it's, it's very silly, um, but there's so many amazing vignettes, so many like really cool ones, and none of them are canon, right? Like Even back then, uh, I mean, Mike, I remember G-level canon. What was, what was the thing... After G level canon, because Star Wars Tales was the one after that one. It was like the third level down because it was really just like, yeah, these are what if stories or or fill in the blank stories that take all of these with a grain of salt. They're really just supposed to be entertaining more than fit into a canon. Um, yeah. Do you remember what the old canon levels were after I George? I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember that back in it. the day we used to we used to have our own level, which we would call an F level for front lines. Whereas, <laughs> but the joke was that like it's like this is like an F, right? It's like 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 in school. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what the other levels. Yeah, were. yeah. I think there was four of them. Um, but yeah, Tales was somewhere near the bottom, but the stories were so well done. And it's funny because a lot of my favorite artists from other things would always be hired to do like, you know, a five to six page little vignette. Um, but they just, they touched on every, every character and there were a lot of them that were just original characters. And it really was every single issue. What I loved about it the most, even though, you know, Sometimes you got issues where like you don't you didn't really like any of the stories or you didn't really like any any of the artwork, which whatever, like not everything can be can be a banger. But it was 
the the thing that I love about Star Wars Visions is you never know what you're going to get, right? It's a mystery box. And I don't mean that in the, in the J.J. Abrams sense. I mean it in the sense of like, I'm opening a pack of Pokemon cards right now. What am I going to get? You know what I mean? Like, am I going to get something really great? Am I going to get something really funny? Like, what what's this month going to be? And it was always like a three-month wait, so the anticipation was always there. And nine times out of ten, like, it was a home run because there's there's always at least one or two stories that were like, oh, man, this is awesome. This is part of my headcanon now. Um, Kyle Katarn's first and only comic book appearance was in Star Wars Tales. Um, there's a there's a uh, one vignette of Ayla and Kit Fisto on a Camino mission, and uh, they're trapped underwater on Camino. And uh, because Kit Fisto's Nautilin, he helps Ayla breathe, breathe by kissing her. It's like, oh my god, all this crazy stuff is happening. Star Wars Tales is amazing. Um, but every issue had these like really really fun stories, and it was always cool to see different artists. Um, and what was cool was later on, they also started to, um, like, focus on, like, themes. So after a while, they, in the beginning, it was just kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, there was no real rhyme or reason to them. But after a while, they started organizing what each one was going to be. There was one issue that was all Mace Windu stories, which was really awesome. And then there was one that was Luke and, and Leia stories. So, like, them doing twin stuff. And, and like, that was really cool. Um there was a bounty hunters issue. There was a, there was an issue one, one year came out on in October. So they did like all like Sith and horror stories. So it was Halloween themed, and it's just really, really, really cool. It's, 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 that's one that in my opinion is probably the most underrated star Wars comic series, because I feel like everyone I've talked to has not read it. And it's just like, it drives me crazy because of how awesome it is. Um, so please, if you have any interest in Star Wars comic books, Marvel did a re-release. There's old Dark Horse omnibuses. I'm sure you can get these things cheap. I'm sure you can even get them digital on like whatever Marvel app or that might have them. Um, read those stories because they're so fun. They're so well done. And uh, Killian Plunkett has an awesome story in issue four where uh, a, um, a decommissioned dark trooper comes to life in the boon to eve uh uh pod racer arena and characters from shadows of the empire big giz and spiker find this thing and it's done by kelly and plunkett who drew shadows of the empire so it was just like i love this i love every second of this kelly and plunkett got to do extra shadows of the empire stuff and it has a freaking dark trooper in it because i loved dark forces for pc so it was just one of those things that it it just made my imagination go crazy because it, before before Star Wars Tales came out, I was like, oh okay, yeah, all of these these expanded universe stories are really really cool, but Star Wars Tales just made my imagination go nuts in terms of like, oh man, you can do like anything. Star Wars can be anything. So I I don't know. That's I think that was the reason that I'm so open to Star Wars other than the Star Wars that I expect. I'm pretty sure it's because of Star Wars Tales. If that makes sense. Have you ever read Star Wars Tales, Mike? Yeah, one of my favorite stories of of, of like all of Star Wars comics is from Star Wars Tales. It's awesome. uh, it's the the one with it's the Pulp Fiction parody. Yes. With with yes. Mace and Yoda yes, in the yes, diner yes. where they yes. have a conversation about the Jedi oh, and so the good. Sith and the balance of the force. And and I talk about it all the time. I use it as an example all the time where Yoda pours out the salt shaker and there's, mm -hmm. a, you know, 10,000 grains of salt. And then he takes two grains of pepper 
out <laughs> and he puts it next to it. And then he uses the force and he waves away all but two of the grains of salt and he goes, this is balance, right? Because mm-hmm. t- this it's supposed to be, this is from like one, it's, this is from like the second or third issue of, of Star Wars Tales, I think. Um, cause it's, it take, this is a conversation that's meant to take place sort of like after Anakin has been interviewed by the council, but before they've made a decision. So like Mace and Yoda go for lunch and, and discuss whether or not he's the chosen one. Mm. Right. Um, and what that means. And this is sort of like Yoda imparting his wisdom of like, yeah, maybe he is the chosen one. Maybe he will bring balance to the force, but this is also balance. Right. And, Mm. and, uh, which, which, we know with the benefit of foresight, having seen the original trilogy, that that's exactly what happens. Yep. Right. As far as we knew at the time, right. Is that there were two Sith and two Jedi and it was, it ends up being Obi-Wan and Yoda and Vader and Palpatine. And that's mm-hmm. it. And as Luke becomes a Jedi, Obi-Wan dies. Right. Like, <laughs> um, which, which sort of lent to the idea that like once, Yoda passes, then Leia will become a Jedi, right? After Return of the Jedi. But I uh, I uh, with her being revealed as 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 Luke's sister and all of that. But um yeah, the, I I love that story so much. But there's just there's tons of great little stories. The art was unbelievable because <laughs> it was just like just do whatever, guys. Like whatever yeah. it is, like your heart's content. And so yeah, um, like Star Wars Visions. Uh, which I think you mentioned as well. Like it just, it was allowed to play with star Wars. And and I think like, that's where some of the best stuff comes from is when you just play with star Wars. Mm -hmm. Right. 100% man. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. What's your number two? My number two, my number two is going to be, Ooh, see now I'm, I'm, I'm having to make a decision. (laughs) <laughs> it's game day it's game day and i'm gonna i'm gonna make the decision of i'm gonna go with star wars infinities which is a bit of a cheat because okay. technically it's technically okay. three it counts. three stories it counts, but though. it counts um so star wars infinities was like marvel what if right yeah. um so infinities they did one for a new hope empire and return of the jedi because that is the era in which these were made um, and, uh, each one of them posits sort of like, like, a but, uh, a what if it is the, it is just straight up Marvel's what if, um, so the first one is like, what if, you know, Luke missed, what if he didn't destroy the Death Star? And, uh, so he misses and he pulls out of there and him and Han get the heck out of there as fast as they can before more reinforcements arrive. Um, Leia and a, a, a handful of rebels managed to escape the surface of Yavin 4 right before it's destroyed, but they're intercepted by Vader and, uh, and, and Vader with Leia captured once again, sort of, uh, you know, like senses that, uh, that, that, that she's force sensitive. And, and I, I don't remember exactly how, but like, basically finds out that that she's his daughter and and trains her right and so luke ends up having to fight his sister and then in empire um hans tauntaun does freeze before he reaches the third marker so when he finds luke he doesn't have his he doesn't have the tauntaun to put luke inside of so luke freezes to death on Mm. 
and uh, and and Obi Wan comes to Han in a vision, and says, "You have to go to Dagobah." Uh, and Han thinks that he is now the chosen one. Um, and he's like, I got to go to Dagobah and become a Jedi master, I guess. And uh, and it, when they get there, Yoda is like, mm-mm, mm-mm, not you. <laughs> and, uh, and and trains Leia to, to fight Vader. Um, so another great story. And then Return of the Jedi. Um, what is it? Is it that is it that Han doesn't uh, survive? Yeah, Leia drops the thermal detonator. That's right. Yeah. And they have to run out of Jabba's palace and they don't rescue Han. Yeah. So um, from there, everything just goes horribly wrong because without Han to lead the strike team, it's sort of nothing, nothing kind of goes right. Um, Except that by the end of that story, in one of the best panels in all of Star Wars comics, uh, (laughs) Vader doesn't die. Luke brings him back. Anakin returns. But but he doesn't die in defeating the Emperor. Uh, and um, or actually, maybe does the Emperor escape? I think the Emperor escapes, right? Because the end of I it is. I think so, yeah. Because the end of it, it like is Vader in an all white suit. And he's like, he's basically like, like, let's go. We got to We got to hunt. We got to find the Emperor. And you're like, that's rad. That's rad that like, like Vader, Luke and Leia are sort of reunited and. And uh, and and they're gonna go. They're gonna go hunt down uh, the the emperor. Um, I've always I it, it's 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 one of those things that's on my bucket list of drawings to do is to to reimagine um, that final panel uh, of Vader because I've always felt that that choice was a little bit lazy. Um, the first two, A New Hope and Empire, have great art. The Return of the Jedi one has okay art. It's fine. It's serviceable. But but that that idea of Anakin surviving, I love the idea that he would just keep the the armor, but it would just be white (laughs) has always bothered me. Yeah, a little silly because I'm like, obviously, he needs the armor to survive. Right. But I have always pictured basically if you imagine sort of like the bottom part of the cowl. Right. The part that's got sort of like that triangle and the and the and the two forks that stick out. Yeah. Right. If you imagine that, but then uh, then above that, you basically would have like a bubble, like a like like sort of um like a like a helmet, right? Like but like yeah. like a bubble helmet sort of thing. Yeah. Um. I I can picture it, and I've just never gotten around to drawing it, but I do want to do sort of that Vader, uh, <laughs> Anakin reborn. Um. I where so that basically like like you can see his scarred face, right? Like that, but it is but it's Anakin. Right. Um, and uh, and and I w- and I would absolutely draw it intentionally as like the Sebastian Shaw, Anakin Skywalker with the, you know, every, he's burnt all to hell, but he's still got those fuzzy eyebrows. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, he couldn't he, they couldn't figure out how to heal much else about him. But like somehow, somehow his eyebrows came back thicker than ever. Yeah. Um, Good for him. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but I love it anyways. So uh, one of these days I will get around to that. I will draw that. Um, but but yeah, that I, I love Star Wars Infinities just as like it's just a fun exercise. And I've always said that that like they need to do the prequels. They need to do the prequels. Oh so man, that would be awesome. And what like so? Uh, 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 Phantom Menace is easy. Phantom Menace is so easy, which is that like I. Uh, 
Obi-Wan doesn't get kicked off of the that ledge. And so they continue the fight. And uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are able to take Maul together in the laser chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and they defeat him. So Qui-Gon doesn't die and takes on Anakin as his apprentice. And, uh, and then Palpatine has to pivot his plan, right? Not, I mean, like Palpatine pivots his plan when Darth Maul dies and sees that Anakin is there and is like, oh, interesting. Um, but, uh, but that like, like with Qui-Gon still around, it, it becomes a much more difficult thing. So um, you would, it, it, you would start it cause just like a new, the, a new hope one, you start it right at the end of the movie, right? You would start it right at the end of the Phantom Menace. And then you would do the time jump to attack the clones basically. Um, and, uh, and, and, and sort of see what happens there. And I think the most interesting part of that is that Obi-Wan has like nothing to do with the story until yeah. the clone wars, right. Is that like Obi-Wan sort of like off doing his own thing. <laughs> and here's, here's where now with the benefit of the clone wars being finished, Ahsoka would end up being obi-wan's oh whoa apprentice instead of being anakin's apprentice right so what is that what happens there right um so you almost but but at the same time attack of the clones like you could you could i don't know well no because that's more clone wars than it is attack of the clones right so for attack of the clones um man i've thought about this a million times and and it sort of it gets muddled with my idea for like how you would fix the prequels in general which Mm. is that like Darth Maul and Dooku should have been the same character. Yeah. Right? Um, if, if Darth Maul was through three movies instead of just in one um, and Dooku was really only a character in, in attack of the clones and like dies at the beginning of revenge of the Sith. Uh, I, I like what George did, which is that he broke Vader into three pieces, which is like the monster, which is Darth Maul, the, the, the man, which is Dooku, right? Like the, the sort of scheming, powerful Jedi uh, and then the machine, which is general grievous. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. But, but also like if you wanted to make the prequels a little bit tighter as a story, you would have Dooku be the villain in all three. Mm -hmm. Um, You could still have Darth Maul exist, but, but that Dooku, it, it actually may have worked better if we never saw Palpatine in as Sidious in the, in phantom menace or attack of the clones but dooku was seemed like the one pulling the strings and then mm. it would be like but well, wait but wait palpatine is the guy right and like not <laughs> reveal that until revenge of the sith but um uh when he is like execute him <laughs> right like to, to anakin would have been a better twist but um yeah for attack of the clones uh, I mean, like you could kill Obi Wan. I think that that would be like if if or if like Django basically like 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 did the job like finished the job on Camino and Obi Wan never. So like they like like the droids were able to like like the Geonosians were able to launch all of the droid armies and like take half the galaxy, right? Because it's sort of it's the it's by virtue of the clones showing up that they the separatists aren't able to launch the initial attack that they had planned. Right. Um, they're sort of stopped in their tracks mm-hmm. uh, by the, by the Jedi and the clone troopers. So it's like, what would that look like? The other way that you could do it is to look at Padme and, and like to kill Padme right mm. off the bat. Like that, that, that the, um, 
uh, either the one of the explosions, one of the many explosions or bugs or whatever actually does the job. Um, a great way to do it would be that like Obi-Wan goes out. This is where you would start it, right? Obi-Wan goes out the window. Like Anakin has killed the, 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 the two bugs. Um, and Obi-Wan goes out the window and Anakin runs outside. He's like, he's like, R2, you got this. And Anakin runs outside to find a speeder to chase after Obi-Wan. And as he does, like you see that Django is like there. <laughs> he just like, he just walks in and executes Padme. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh, well, that man. was easy. And it turns <laughs> out that like Zam was just a distraction, like just a, mm. like a sacrificial lamb. Cause, cause that's always been a, a problem with that story is that like Django, like Dooku hires, doesn't hire, but like sends Django to do the job and Django farms it out to Zam Wessel. Like, yeah, like, weird. come on guys. Um, but anyways, uh, so that, that would be a cool one. And then revenge of the Sith, uh, revenge of the Sith is really easy. It's super easy. Anakin stays put. Yeah. He, he, he stays in the temple. Um, and I, I, yeah, I mean like, like now again with the hindsight of, of the clone wars, um, I would have it that that somehow Ahsoka is able to, to reach him. Like is like, like that, you know, she's sort of try it like, like as everything's happening, you know, like they're leaving Mandalore or whatever that she, maybe even like she, she, she messages him before they leave Mandalore, right? Like before they're on the ship, she's like, no, something's weird. I have to, I have to talk to Anakin. Right. Mm. Like, like because of what Darth Maul has said to her. Right. She's yeah. like, no, I got to talk to Anakin. So she manages to speak to him and in managing to talk to him, he's like, I have to blah, blah, blah. And like confesses about Padme. And she's like, listen, stay where you are. Let Master Windu and the council deal with this. Palpatine is manipulating you. Like mm. Darth Maul told me, right? Like, like that, that could be such a cool story. Cause then it's like, cause then what happens? Right. I think that Palpatine manages to still kill all four of them. Right. Like, yeah, but, but, uh, or maybe he kills the three, but like Mace is able to escape. Right. Um, uh, and, and regroup. And then, and then you've got Mace, Windu, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. And it's like, Oh, well now Palpatine's screwed. Like now he's, <laughs> he's screwed. So it's like, like you could have like like that fight happen and like they manage to actually defeat Palpatine, but in the interim somehow Darth Maul gets out and it's like oh no like like now oh, without man. without the Empire and without Palpatine Maul is able to to basically like take control of half of the galaxy with with crimson dawn right with his crime syndicate and stuff and it's like you just go from there be a great story so the prequels would be awesome to do i wish that they would do it i don't marvel won't touch it because no no because it's in because infinities was a thing that dark horse did but the thing that drives me nuts is that like marvel created the idea of what if you're right (laughs) like DC has done it as well, right? Because DC just calls it Elseworlds when they do it. They don't they don't sort of go like it's not a what if they just go, oh, we've created a whole other side universe for it. But mm-hmm. but just do Marvel Star Wars what if, right? Like don't don't call it infinities, but do it. Like just and just do the prequels. Anyways, I if it, it, it drives me nuts. I it, if if I could if I could 
Yeah, people will say like, oh, if you woke up tomorrow and you were the head of Lucasfilm, what what would you do? It's like, that's the first project that I would put in. <laughs> and actually, nowadays, I wouldn't even, I what I would do is I would just, I would call it Star Wars Infinities and I would do an animated series. But um, I, yeah, that's, that's the first thing that I would put Let me ask production. you something that is, yeah. I would argue, pretty related to this. Yeah. Let, let's say, um, hypothetically, George never sold Star Wars. He's, he still owns Star Wars. I'm sure you've seen this question posed before. Would you be interested in a special edition of the prequels? It's 20, 20 years later. Yeah. George can now go back and, and add stuff that he would want to add. I, if George wants to do it, I have no problem, right? Like, mm. I, I think that the special edition is the superior version of Star Wars. And I know that that's, like, a controversial opinion. And everybody's like, release the theatrical cuts. And when they say that, my response is, like, which one? <laughs> which one? Because, like, if when people say that, it is one of the biggest indicators to me that they don't actually know their Star Wars history. Because A New Hope when it was just star Wars before the empire strikes back came out, had four different cuts <laughs> until empire came out. And then guess what? The cut that was released in the double feature with empire different. So George, like he never stopped. Yeah. He never stopped. Like, like, like from the moment that he released it, he never stopped tinkering with those movies. So, um, if he wanted to, to mess with the prequels, uh, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Like add new stuff in, uh, tweak some things. It's like all of that is fine by me. Um, but I also like, I, I understand people who are like, but preservation of cinema. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. But, uh, but for me, it's like whatever George wants to do is, is, is fine by me. It's they're his stories and he's the reason why we're here. So he's mm. got something to say, <laughs> like, let him say it. I, I, I one day I hope we get like we got the the Star Wars uh, comic book yeah. um, that was based on the original screenplay that we get comics or something based on his treatments for what the the sequel trilogy was going to be. Oh man, um, that would be awesome! Just just because it's more Star Wars, I don't think yeah. that it's better or worse. I There's think no it's different. It's just more Star Wars. Like like yeah. like I just I like alternate takes. I like yeah me that too sort of stuff so cool what's your what's your number three okay this is going to be a short one for me because it's very similar to star wars tales uh do you remember in let's say 2003 2004 uh there was a little digest series like the size of a tv guide called clone wars adventures and there was 10 of those and basically they were just little vignettes most of them in the art style of the Gendy Tartakovsky micro series, uh, just more, more Clone Wars micro series, little little comic stories, and they were really awesome. And uh, some of my favorite artists were in there. The Philback brothers did most of the artwork for that uh, series. But then you had guys like Ethan Beavers, who is one of my favorite comic book artists. Um, that dude's graphic style is so so nice. Um, he did a bunch of vignettes for that that are all really, really awesome. Um, and yeah, it was the same kind of thing as Star Wars Tales. So it was like getting two Star Wars Tales for a short pre period of time where 
okay, Columbus Adventures is coming out this month. Oh, Star Wars Tales next. Okay, cool. So like you always knew it was going to be a Clone Wars story, but I love the Clone Wars. Clone Wars is one of my favorite eras in Star Wars, if not my favorite era in Star Wars. Um, and this was before uh, uh, Dave's Clone Wars, because once Dave's Clone Wars came out, they actually shifted it and just started making uh, Clone Wars stories from that series. Like they kind of stopped doing the, the Gendy stuff and started doing it in the new series. But it was it was like one full story. It was the same size, the same digest size. Um, and then I think those did pretty well because then they went on and just did Star Wars adventures instead of just Clone Wars adventures. So like I said, it was it was the first 10. They were numbered. And then they just did ones that just had like, you know, uh, the hands of Shinzu or whatever it was called. So like they they had more Clone Wars ones. And then they started doing Star Wars Adventures, which kind of opened it up to any character. So there was a Han Solo and Leia one. There was a Luke Skywalker training on Dagobah one. Um, a lot of them, like a Boba Fett one, a Luke, a, 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 a Chewbacca one. So they were really, really cool. They were just like these little digest size comics like 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 a manga book it's basically but you know we had, had normal american comics uh left to right um but they're really cool and i really like them and i like looking forward to ooh, what am i gonna get this this uh this month and it's because i loved the micro series so much so it was always really fun to get these cool little stories and some of them were silly some of them were were neat very similar to star wars tales and uh yeah it was just more good stuff it was more it was it was like more star wars tales so i ate it up yeah, I mean, I I have a I have a bunch of them on my shelf actually. Um, I I I I loved those stories. There's a there's a there's a Clone Wars one that is post two thousand and eight. That's um, I Kit Fisto and Plo Koon on yes. an ice planet, and they're yeah. in the cold weather gear. And I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> I mean, like Trespass is my favorite episode of Clone Wars, so mm. it was kind of like a little sequel to Trespass. And uh, yeah, I, I I love it. I love it. That whole that whole series from the Gendy stuff through all the way through uh, with all the Clone Wars stuff. They, they it was really really good stuff. The Adventures ones, like when it switched to Adventures, were like kind of hit and miss. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but still, there's still some good stuff in there. Yeah, I enjoyed them uh, still. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Right, that's, it's 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 funny how how many of these things we have that are, that have crossover. Um, <laughs> My final one is oh maybe one of my favorites. And I talked about it actually on an episode of our Ahsoka uh, recaps. Um, and that's the, the Kanan uh, comics. Yeah, so I, I, it is technically two volumes. Um, I have it in a hard, I, I said this on the thing I have, I have, the, all of the issues I have the trade paperbacks <laughs> and I have the hardcover of the two of them combined. Nice. Um, so I, which is just called star Wars Canaan. Um, so I don't remember what the titles are for the individual trades, but, uh, but there's two stories basically that tell the story of Canaan uh, or Caleb doom rather, um, and how he became Canaan Jarrus. So it starts with sort of this framing device of Canaan is injured on a mission. This is one of my favorite things about star Wars rebels is that Dave intentionally left time gaps so that there was room to tell more stories mm. with these characters. Um, and so on some mission, Kanan gets injured and they put him in the back to tank. And when they put him in the back to tank, he's sort of dreaming about, um, about 
Order 66 and everything that happened afterwards. So uh, it, it's uh, like the the where where the name Kanajaris comes from, um, how he survived Order 66, how he survived after Order 66, um, all of this stuff. And it's full of a bunch of great characters. Uh, the art is phenomenal. <laughs> yep. uh, I let me let me, I'm going to try and bring it up uh, so that I can give props. By the way, we we talked about Dark Empire. I didn't give I didn't give the artist or the writer. Tom Veitch wrote it and Cam Kennedy Kennedy illustrated it. But I I I where's the search thing on here? There we go. I Star Wars Kanan. Let me see if it. It's so hard to search it because it is just like the comic, but there we go. Yeah. Star Wars yeah. Canon. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the pencilers on the series were, uh, oh man, go away with all of your ads. We'll keep you. <laughs> um, uh, Pepe Loraz, Jacopo Camani and Andrea Bracardo. Um, and Pepe Larraz did the majority of it, um, and then and then they. It's so funny. Back in the day, you used to have a separate penciler and anchor, but I think because of digital, we end up with the same person doing most yeah of most of the time. But uh, but the artwork in this series is just like the best. Oh, okay. Uh, so the last Padawan is the first volume, and First Blood is the second volume, um, and yeah. Yeah, I just I I love it. I I I Kanan is is my second favorite Star Wars character, um, only by virtue of the fact that no one can ever dethrone the one and only Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> um, the Obi Wan and only. I, but I but Kanan is like right there. He is right there. The that character means so much to me, and um, I we don't have that much of his story um, prior to star Wars rebels. We have these two comics. We have a new dawn, which is one of the novels. And then we have uh, his appearance in bad batch and in the, the, the first episode of bad batch. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, and I suppose we have him in the background of an episode of tales of the Jedi, but I, I, any opportunity to explore his backstory, explore what makes him the character that he is, uh, is, is always, always welcome in my book. Um, one of the things that I love is that he just seems to pop up all over the place. <laughs> um, have him popping up in tales of the Jedi. It's one of those things where it's like, you can tell that Dave also has a soft spot for this character. Oh, for really, sure. Really, really loves the character. No so, question. uh, Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars Canon. That's my, that's my number three. That is an excellent one. Listen, I got to know before yeah. we close. I'll give you mine. We don't have to talk about it. We can if you want, because I know yeah. we're we're getting close on the time. What was the one that got squeezed out? What's your honorable mention? Uh, t Tag and Bink are dead. Dude, no way. Me too. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it actually was. <laughs> Kevin Rubio and Lucas. Uh, so Kevin Rubio wrote it. Lucas uh, Morangan is the uh, the artist. And those two guys are the same ones that did your uh, your Pulp Fiction thing from Star Wars. Oh, Tales. nice. Awesome. Yep. That's hilarious. That's so funny. It's like, dude, we just become best friends. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, Tag and Bink are dead. And, oh, and, the, and the sequel. So 
I so good. Yeah, the, one of my favorite things is that I've got the um the epic collection for Star Wars Infinities, and it's it, I think does it, it does that one include tag both of the tag and banks? I don't know, but I have the trade paperback right next to me because it was going to be my third one. And then yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, Clone Wars Adventures. Damn. OK. Um, yeah, I, I love the, the there's so much fun. It's so good. It's Dude, the parody. Like, but that's my point, right? Like that stuff. Well, I mean, really, Kevin Rubio is writing in Tag and Bank and then all the Star Wars Tales ones that he's done because he also did the one where they were building the Death Star early on and they're just discussing everything and foreshadowing all of the imperial logos have mickey ears on the banners this is like 2000 i don't know two um yeah dude he's so good at writing star wars parody yeah that's awesome that is hilarious what a perfect way to end <laughs> uh awesome and we're like right on the dot too nice oh, tight there hour there you go uh that was excellent. Uh, a great conversation. Uh, if you haven't read any of those Star Wars comics, I know that maybe we spoiled some stuff, but um, but I th- this is the thing about about this like the a everything that we talked about is like I don't know that Star Wars canon is the most recent one. Yeah, and those are like very old. five years old. So <laughs> uh, uh, you've had you've had your opportunity, but. Um, it's the journey, not the destination, you guys. Yeah. Uh, so go go check out those books, um, and uh, and 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 you can you can also hit us up on social media and let us know uh, what your favorite Star Wars comics are. Uh, you can find us basically everywhere at Force POV, um, and uh, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Joe, for joining me. Uh, of course. And uh, listen. Let's uh let's do this again in a, a couple of weeks or maybe I don't know within the next four, uh and I I let's just do the same thing that we did with this one, uh but with video games. Oh, that sound good? it's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna be top hard. Three video games, top three it's video. Gonna games. be hard, man. I awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Joe, for joining me, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ForcePOV. And join us on Discord at thunderquack.com discord. Support the show by visiting us at patreon.com thunderquack to get early access to episodes, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.